Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 519. The table, putting his hands more on level with mine. I caught a sour smell on his breath. Dreg. A cheap, repulsive liquor you can start fires with. I laughed dismissively. Hell, I'm not your mum. Actually, I've been about to say that very thing and scrambled mentally for something else to distract him with. My eye lighted on the redhead who had served me my dinner earlier that evening, and I leaned forward in my seat. I was wondering if you could tell me something, I said in my best conspiratorial tone. His scowl gave way to curiosity, and I lowered my voice a little more. You've been here before, right? He nodded, leaning a little closer. Do you know what that girl's name is? I nodded my head in the redhead's direction. Dayton took an over-careful look over his shoulder that surely would have drawn her attention if she hadn't been facing away from us. The blonde one the Adam's pouring at? Dayton asked. Redhead. Dayton's broad forehead wrinkled as he squinted the far side of the room into focus. Lucini? He asked softly. He turned to me, still squinting. Little Lucy? I shrugged and began to regret my choice of diversionary tactic. An explosive laugh burst out of the big man, and he half fell, half slid onto the bench across from me. Losi! He chuckled a little more loudly than I liked. Quoth, I had you all wrong. He slapped the table with the flat of his hand and laughed again, nearly tipping himself over backward on the bench. Ah, you've got a good eye, boy, but you haven't a damn chance. My battered pride pricked up at this. Why not? Isn't she... well... I trailed off, making an inarticulate gesture. He somehow managed to gather my meaning. A whore? He asked incredulously. God, boy, no! There's a couple around. He made a sweeping gesture over his head, then lowered his voice to a more private level. Not really yours, mind you. Just girls who don't mind a little extra at night. He paused, blinked. Money. Extra money. And extra other things, he chortled. I I just thought... I began weakly. Aye, any man who's ever had eyes and balls thought that. He leaned a little closer. She's a lusty little one. She'll trip a man who catches her eye, but she can't be talked or bought into bed. If she could, she'd be rich as the king of Vint. He looked in her direction. How much is a roll with that worth? I'd give... He squinted in her direction, his lips moving as if going through some silent, complex arithmetic. After a moment, he shrugged. More than I've got. He looked back to me, shrugged again. Still, it's no good wishing. Save. Uh, The end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Drana. I'm Nick. And this, uh, I actually kind of appreciate this because uh, it's weird because obviously like Roth has just made it up. So it's not like it says anything about like a real person. But I kind of appreciate that Losi's behavior isn't aberrant. That she is known to just be like, all right, I got my eye on that guy. I'm going to I'm going to trip him as Dayton says. So I kind of like that. That actually like makes it seem less of like Quoth is a very special boy who can charm even uh, the most ungettable ladies, which is something that Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson has. In, and I will never forgive that book for, for it. Also let's play the um, pronunciation game. How do you pronounce the name of the redheaded barmaid? I said Lucini, which makes her sound Greek. I need to look at it. Uh, oh, low sign. I would have also said low sign. And in my head, I always, or Lozine or something like that. But in my head, I always read it that way. But then having Jeremy say Losini, that actually sounds more like a name or a delicious pasta. 
Mm. So uh, I, I do kind of like that. I feel like like Lucine feels like it could be a name too, though. Like it's like yeah, Josie. that sounds like yeah, it sounds like Lo-Zine. French. Lozine, Lozine. I was like, and the rest of the song works, mm-hmm. right? Well, <laughs> I'm so, begging you, stop flirting with Quoth and bring me my beer. <laughs> like, I like this sequence because, as you say, it characterizes Lozine in such a way that rather than putting the emphasis on Quoth is the protagonist who can bed every woman in the book. It puts the emphasis on her as like a woman who knows what she wants and she goes out and gets it. And furthermore, that like there are other women here who do sex work when they want to, but she doesn't. Uh, so the only way that and she and she won't put up with people like coming on to her too strong or trying to pick her up. You know, she she makes her own decisions is something. And we get the sense that like, you know, Basically, every guy in this bar has probably tried it on at one time or another and been shot down. And there's also like the dramatic irony of of Dayton basically being like, look, I know she's hot, but you don't have a chance, buddy. Like, don't even try it. So clearly he missed uh, the part where she tried to pick him up, which is funny. Everyone seems to everyone seems to have missed that. Everyone seems to think that Kvothe struck out and not that he fumbled the ball, so to speak. Well, because they weren't privy to the actual conversation, right? The only, uh, if anyone was at the table with Quoth, it was Martin and he doesn't bring it up. He changes the subject, but it seems like no one else was at the table with Quoth when she came over to hit on him. So everyone else around them didn't hear their conversation. They just saw what happened and assumed that he tried to pick her up and got shot down. Because that's what happened to all of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That Um, makes sense. It makes sense that that would, the crowd would make that assumption though. Mm hmm. And this this scene also, Dayton might come off in kind of a negative light here because he's he's talking rather crudely. But I think the context of this scene makes it clear that he is the butt of the joke here because he's like drunk and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, and he he seems to like try to do some math while being hyperbolic about how much he would spend on uh, on a woman. So like definitely he's a bit of a of a clown here in this scene. I feel like if you're writing someone who's drunk and you're trying to make them like the funny drunk it's very easy to kind of slip too far into like a kind of overly broad, like clownish pastiche. And I think Rothfuss does a good job of writing someone who is like being funny because they're drunk, but they also are still acting like a believable drunk, you know, like I've definitely, not in quite the same context, but I have definitely tried and failed to do math in my head when I've had like four or five beers and I'm trying to pay the bill. Like, what is the tip I can't? Uh, never mind. Because I know I can't do it. Makes sense. I don't like doing math when I'm sober, so. Indeed, at the best of times. I also want to talk about something that we said we were going to talk about today, yesterday, which is that another kind of dramatic irony on this page is that on the previous page, Dayton basically says, what, are you going to tell me to like, go to bed like I'm a little baby? And Kvothe said, of course not. I'm not your mom. And then he says to us, the audience, I was going to tell him exactly that, but now I can't tell him that, so I have to think of something else to say to him to distract him from blowing our cover. What do I do? Uh, Tell me about that girl over there. I mean, that was a pretty good way to like cover his ass. 
It was. It's it true, was. But also the the sort of the the sub. What's unspoken here is that that's what was on Quoth's mind, and that's all he could reach for. Was like I'm still thinking about that girl. So that's kind of like what he had to scramble for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not, not the worst thing to scramble for. No, no. Listeners, you can scramble for your podcatchers when we post tomorrow's episode of Page uh, the Wind. Wind. Wind.